Lesson 5. Good girl, bad girl. It's time to start a love affair with food. How often have you said or heard your friends say, I'm trying to be good at the moment? I would put my money on literally thousands of times. As women, we're deeply conditioned to be good girls. Be a good girl and... Did your mother say that to you? Maybe your teacher? Or maybe you've even heard yourself say that to your daughter. We've also been conditioned to believe that it is socially acceptable to only look a certain way. And images of this ideal have been lasered into the back of our minds from a dangerously young and impressionable age. Dolls, magazines, princesses, film stars, TV, even well-known cartoon characters in their little outfits. It's an endless stream telling us that this is what we should look like, leaving many women with a chronic dose of what I call comparisonitis. So whilst you may not consciously be aware of your conditioning, it's running a continuous loop in your subconscious, like a cassette going around and around and around. Humans have approximately 90,000 thoughts a day, and about 95% of those thoughts are the same. Every single day. That's a heck of a lot of days played out with the same unconscious conditioning barrage. And there we are blaming our willpower. Combine this fundamental need to be a good girl with the incessant social conditioning and our own habit loop mindsets and we become deeply programmed. At a subconscious level, we believe that our worth is measured by things outside of ourselves. And in my opinion, this is one of the most damaging beliefs society instills in us. You are simply wonderfully worthy, just as you are. Yes, you are. You came into this world truly beautiful and full of potential. Nothing about that fact has changed. Sometimes we lose our sense of our true identity in the hustle and bustle of life. Our minds become so full of what everyone else thinks we should think that we lose connection from the inner knowing of our hearts. You were born with the most insane amount of inherent worth and feminine wisdom. If you can recognize this and understand that it is yours for the taking when you tune into it, your life will change beyond belief. The battles that are keeping you stuck in patterns that are no longer serving you will simply slip away. You don't have to try to beat the cycle. Instead, focus on letting go and simply remembering who you are. It's time to lose the good and bad food day labels immediately. No, long, no longer are you going to give your power away to these statements. Your day is not defined by what you ate. La labeling a day as good or bad food day is seriously dangerously close to labeling, your, labeling yourself as a good or bad. To diminish yourself to being good or bad because of the food you ate is doing yourself a serious disservice. Nothing you put in your mouth ever makes you a bad person. Equally, having a good food day does not make you holier than thou. 
so the healthy eating police can get off their high horses too. Your self-worth has nothing, I mean nothing, to do with the number on the scale or what you choose to eat. Your self-worth comes from a much deeper place. You will have come to realize by now this is not your typical weight loss program. It doesn't contain a food plan. Well, it does, but that's, that's not the, the, the crux of it. That food plan is just there to give you some outside assistance. But it's not that food plan that is fundamentally changing. Changing you, changing the way you eat. And so this program, instead, it gives you the permission to be the queen that you are. That is where true health and wellness are found. In treating yourself as you deserve to be treated. So before we go any further, let's discuss the wagon. Remember, this is a myth. You are never on or off a health wagon. Health is about building a loving relationship with our bodies. We need to learn how to nurture our body, mind and soul with the food we eat, the thoughts we have and the actions we take. Of course, our bodies then need nutrients to be able to carry out the cellular processing we need to thrive. Thyroid function, weight, clarity of thought, happiness, immunity, fertility, hormonal balancing and so much more are all dependent on receiving nutrients that allow these processes to happen. So that said, you can eat all the nutrients in the world, but if you feel restricted by your diet, it won't be long before you find yourself unhappy. As a result, you will then lean towards making choices that don't feel good emotionally or physically. The trick is finding balance with compassion towards yourself. This isn't a quick fix. Your relationship with health and weight is a lifelong one. So let's give that wagon a shove off the cliff. There is no wagon and there are no good or bad food days. Those concepts are over. We have a new focus now. Your soul needs nourishment. Mostly that comes through foods that give you energy and help you feel full of health and vitality. Sometimes that will be a big old slice of chocolate cake served without the sides of guilt, shame or judgment. You need to start a love affair with food. Yep, you heard right. Perhaps you thought I must have meant end your love affair with food, not start one. But no, you heard it right the first time. It's time for you to start a real love affair with food. What you've had up to this point has been an obsessive relationship and a love-hate relationship. To think you need food that you don't really need, to practically inhale food, to crave food, to obsess about food, to binge on and then alternatively avoid food, to control food, need to be rigid about it. None of these speak of a love affair. Pain and confusion and self-hate are not love. The true lover of food is able to take time with it. She can save her food and non-neurotically delight in it. She can chew it thoroughly and actually taste it. She can eat without guilt and stop eating without too much of an effort. She can celebrate how food is contributing to her health. She can wonder at it and appreciate it. 
No, the compulsive eater is no lover of food when it comes to your enjoyment of eating. Your best days are not behind you, but ahead of you. The eating patterns of an overeater are chaotic, fearful, out of control. And yet these dysfunctional patterns are not your deeper problem. They are symptoms of the problem. Your deeper problem is a hysteria in your gut. The silent traumatized shriek of, I'm empty, fill me. The irrational and irresistible energy that has wormed its way into your brain, stationed itself in your nervous system and won't let go until you've eaten the whole thing. So the solution to overeating is obviously not to deny yourself food altogether. The answer is not to deny yourself at all exception. You don't need to forget food, run away from food, deny yourself food or avoid food. And the last thing you need to do if you want to stop thinking obsessively about food is to tell yourself not to think about it. Food is not only your problem, but it's also your teacher. It's a reflection of an even deeper problem, an opportunity and an invitation to face that which underlies your compulsive eating, which is your only real problem. So this lesson aims to put genuine love back into your relationship with food. Not counterfeit love, not substitute love, a genuine love. Love and gratitude that food nourishes and sustains you. Love and gratitude that meals can build bonds among families and friends. Love and gratitude that food is something you have the right to enjoy once you learn to relate to it with mindfulness. Mindfulness means that you can take it or leave it. You can enjoy food if you're hungry, but you can leave it alone if you're not. So in the exercises, you're going to start to uncover some of the long-held beliefs and stories you have been carrying around with you for years. It is time to take them out of that heavy backpack you carry around with you and lighten the load. Take some time to journal answers to the questions that are in the email. And as you build a relationship with food that gives back, you'll begin to experience a relationship in which food has replaced obsession. The only way to attain healthy neutrality towards food is by learning to love it. And the only food you can really love is food that loves you back. Does a chocolate sundae love you? Do you think it's true that it can give you a momentary high? but so can crystal meth. For many, a special challenge from chocolate sundaes or milkshakes or pizzas or whatever it is, is connected to the fact that when you're a child, your parents take you to restaurants and places to celebrate things like making a good grade or winning a competition at school and you celebrate it with unhealthy food. And unfortunately, your brain is then imprinted with a message that big wins should be accompanied by a hot chocolate sundae. It took me years to disconnect from that. And once a mother yourself, you understand your own mother so much better. No hot fudge sundaes do not love me and they do not love you. They are full of sugar and processed chemicals that bring us anything but love. Those things feed cancer and increase cholesterol and decrease growth hormones, weaken eyesight, interfere with protein absorption, cause food allergies, contribute to diabetes, 
impair the structure of DNA, create difficulty concentrating, reduce defense against diseases, lead to osteoporosis, and so much more. I wouldn't call any of those things love at the same time. This is not to say that eating a hot chocolate sundae is forbidden for the rest of your life. It's just to say that as you evolve to your highest sense of self, you won't even want to eat a whole ice cream. The experience will no longer feel like love to you. Foods that love you are those that contribute to your well-being, from fruit to vegetables to whole grains, that make your body strong, fight illness, produce good skin, defer aging, keep you functioning normally. Vegetables make brain cells grow and function correctly. Fruits provide healthy sugar and give you energy. Whole grains can reduce the risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. And in today's world, there are more and more ways to find healthy food that is truly tasty. There might be um, healthier stores and restaurants who you go past quite often, but that you just never thought of going into. Well, now is the time. And your problem may not be that you eat so often, but that you do not eat well, particularly in today's world, when it's so easy to eat so badly, but it's so unnecessary. And so this lesson, it comes with assignments and journal work and all of that, but all that matters is that you do them even if you're still eating unwisely while performing them. Don't wait to do to do them until your overeating is under control because doing it will help stop the overeating. Okay, so you're not repudiating old habits now, but rather building new ones and it takes time to build new ones. And the changes being ushered into life with these lessons will take a while to trickle down from your intellect to your nervous system. So developing patience is part of the process. Impatience is nothing but the fear mind trying to convince you it's hopeless and so why even bother trying. And it's also the voice that tells you to eat the next bite before you've even finished chewing the last one. So remember, that voice is not your friend. You must be your friend now. And a friend is kind. So despite whatever self-disgust you feel, it's important that you be kind to yourself. This isn't a course in self-discipline but it is a course in self-love. You've turned unhealthy eating into a ritual, a kind of magical and secret ceremony in which you, you've looked into the darkness for what darkness can't provide. And we're building a new ritual now, the ritual of healthy, wise, non-secretive and loving eating. <laughs>